Hey, this is Howard and Brad, episode three. You know, it took us a little bit longer. We had some things going on. Brad, most importantly, you had a big uh, family event the other week. Oh, yeah. Dylan Wiseman, Dylan Matthew, bar mitzvah, baby. Hey, baby. It's huge. It's big time. It's big. It's big. He's 13. He's a man. He's a, he's a man. And he did a wonderful job there. So, hey, but we're back at it. I know um, the topic that we did want to cover a little bit is on workplace harassment, or as Brad likes to call it, harassment. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot of different dimensions to it, and certainly in this environment with a lot of things that have happened this past year in particular on a national level with the Me Too movement and things like that, um, even more recently politically with Joe Biden and some things that have been talked about and discussed about just inappropriate touching and things like that. But there are a lot of different dimensions to this topic and we felt it was really important to at least put some things on the table and talk about what some of those issues are, what some of those experiences have been and how to be more mindful going forward on ensuring that you're creating the right healthy work environment. So I'm going to jump in here. I mean I've had experience with not with me but with other people at a previous company where in the same week three or four women complained about situations that were uncomfortable. Um, I never really knew the detail of them but I was there. None of them wanted to report it. None of them wanted me to use their names, but because I was a trusted source in that organization, I think in the back of their minds, they knew when they told me that information was going to get somewhere. Um, ultimately, what I did was I reported it to the uh, VP of that division um, and said to them, you can do whatever you want with this information. You can use my name. You can use it against me. I don't care. I'm here to protect people. That's my role. Now, the, the challenge with that is by doing that, I just put myself in a very a compromising position for my future at a large company. Should I be putting myself in a compromised position by protecting somebody from the inevitable? What do you think about See, I think that it's, it, it should be not a challenge or an obstacle for me to get ahead by talking above someone above me, but I almost should be rewarded in a way. I mean, like by doing the right thing. Wouldn't you agree, Howard? Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. And uh, again, there's different situations that occur out there, right? There's Certainly more of the aggressive type of harassment that happens in a workplace. But, Brad, there's also the passive type, um, you know, where you've got a culture where, for example, um, I know of a company where it's very much male-dominated. And there are a couple, not many, but there's a couple of women female leaders. But when it comes to the most like, critical type of discussions from a role and responsibility, you would expect that the women – because of their role and responsibility, that they would be participating in those meetings, in those discussions, and ultimately in those decisions. But yet, from that culture standpoint, when those key meetings come up, they're nowhere to be found. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's the, the, you know, it's interesting you're talking about the different dynamics yeah. of harassment. So there's like, you know, verbal abuse, right. physical abuse, but then there's, we'll call it leadership abuse. It's not allowing people that are in leadership roles or are thought leaders, and, and everyone's a thought leader these days, or they should be, um, to not be able to execute on something that is going to help guide the company. And the reason why it's not happening is because they're gender. And so we've got this gender biased, you know, environment, which I know you've seen it, I've seen it in every company I've ever worked in. In fact, some of the smartest people I've worked with are women, and they're underserved. I suspect they're underpaid. And probably underpaid. Right. Yeah, I suspect they are, and I don't know the answer to that for real, but I'm sure if you were to bump up the, you know, the compensation packages, you're going to see a difference. Yet these are the people, um, uh, typically women are more detail-oriented. Um, they miss everything most, they don't miss the things that most men miss. 
Um, and in many cases, uh, they bring a different perspective because just by virtue of being a, a lady versus a man, you have a different viewpoint on things. So, you know, I think that there needs to be um, a way to create some level of equality, and I don't know how you do that, but mm -hmm. whether it's rules, laws, or whatever, or someone enforcing it at the top, um, there needs to be a company that says, hey, everyone here, we're all the same. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter what your color is. We're all here for the same end goal, which is to make this company successful. So I think I hope things start to go that way at some point. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And then, Brad, then there are those situations, and you and I know of a couple of different scenarios where there's almost like that reverse harassment, right? Where, you know, in one case, if you're in a role and a responsibility and you have a peer that happens to be of, say, the opposite sex in this case, and then you've got someone who's even more superior who takes a special interest and it creates a personal relationship conflict in the workplace, um, you know, there's sensitivities around that whole topic. Yeah, so what ends up happening is you'll see someone at the top of a division who maybe has a couple friends that they continue to carry with them everywhere they go. I've seen this, you've seen this. And what ends up happening is that whole idea of, you know, merit-based achievement, it's out the window. This is about... I've been palling around with this person long enough. They're going to keep taking me there like I'm a backpack. And um, it's really not fair because what ends up happening is the people with the most talent, they never get a chance to get where they belong because they're not part of that posse. And uh, that just has to stop. It's unacceptable. Um, I think in, uh, the smartest thing to do in an organization is when you see someone who you've hired in a leadership responsibility doing that, you need to stop them right away and say, that's not how you're going to hire people. You know, this is going to be people that are merit-based, internally have achieved it, or we're going to go outside, find someone you don't know, and collectively, let's decide that this person belongs in this organization in this role. So any advice you have for people who may find themselves in that type of situation today, whether it's female and male or male-female or, you know, in this day and age, the gender really doesn't matter. But when you're finding yourself almost in a discriminatory role, not based on who you are, but based on your relationship or your lack of relationship compared to a peer who's benefiting from a relationship with a superior? My, my advice, and this is not a fact-based statement, it's purely opinion, so people can do whatever they want. I think that no matter who you are, no matter what gender you are, no matter what age you are, no matter what title you are, if you feel that something's infringing upon your ability to move forward in the company because your gender and so forth, um, you need to speak up now. With that said, you need to be respectful with those words, whether it's in an email or a conversation. I would recommend more a conversation because a conversation most likely isn't being recorded and can't be passed on because you may say something wrong just for the fact that you're nervous. Right. But you need to be forward. You need to be upfront and always start those sentences with, I respectfully have to say this to you. When you start that Great way, advice. you've already you know, basically let this person know that you respect them even though maybe you don't. But the viewpoint for them and the perception is you are being respectful. You told them you're going to be respectful, but you have to have those conversations. The longer you wait, the longer you let something uh, fester, and now the problem's manifested into something much bigger. But if you had that conversation right away, you might have stopped the whole situation or delayed it in some capacity. Right. And also, one thing I'd add is when yeah. you do that, what you do is this person who's above you, believe it or not, now they have a little bit of fear of you <laughs> because all of a sudden you've sort of stood up for yourself and the last thing they thought as a marketing manager is going to stand up to a vice president 
they're just not expecting that. So it's a good opportunity to create a boundary with someone who supposedly is more important than you, but also show them that you, you've got a, a, a backbone and you're not right. afraid to talk. And I think in today's society, um, leaders love people that speak up, even if they don't agree with them. There's something great about that position of strength. The value system. Right? Yeah, definitely. And I think yeah. it also what it does is it creates a culture in an environment. Maybe you're the first one to break it, but people tend to like watch a behavior and if they respect it, they kind of follow it. Maybe not down to a T, but if enough people start to follow something, it becomes it becomes a cascading effect. It becomes the culture of that environment. Um, so again, these aren't fact-based statements. These are just observations from things I've seen in my past. Great. Well, Brad, this has been a great topic. I know we've got a couple more things upcoming that we want to address. One is also how certain um, people get treated in the workplace, right, in terms of in this day and age. Yeah, Part-time employees yeah. get treated the worst pay-wise for sure. And How about temporary employees too? Temporary employees. Anyone right. who's got a, a position that's typically minimized. Right. right. Um, but actually, let's face it, those are your most important people. Right. And we got to talk about them, don't we? Yeah. So that's upcoming episode on, um, on this topic. And for Brad Wiseman, this is Howard Kaufman. So long, everyone, and have a great day. And this is the Badger Consulting Group Network. Yeah!